Hello. Friends. Hey, baby, you sounded like a motorcycle, Jeff. <laughs> Revving your engine. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, the, like I'm like the Michael Win- Winslow of this podcast. Oh, it fits with your cool image, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Winslow, famously cool guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you doing now? Oh, you know, not too much. I, uh, I'm i excited for this episode that we're recording today. It's our first Skype episode. Oh, yeah. It's interesting that we're Skyping in, making it happen. Yeah, well, we're trying to expand, you know, the amount of people that we talk to and where they exactly. live and who they are and all that stuff. And I think we got a, got an exciting guest today. But, you know, before that, there's a thing that we always do on this podcast mm-hmm. that we got to do. The famous banter. Oh, I'm so excited for it. Oh, thank you. I know. I, you don't sound like it, actually. I'm so excited for this. Yeah? Yeah, real excited. I don't believe you, Jeff, because so far you haven't liked a single bit of banter that I brought to you. Yeah, I haven't liked any of them. I'm just being, uh, I don't know if you could tell, but I was being sarcastic. Oh. Yeah. I'm not the best at reading social cues. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. I can tell because you keep on doing dumb bits that nobody likes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so do your d- dummy, dumb All right. So dumb I thought shit. today we could... You know, take it a little bit more casually than some of the banter segments have been in the past. Uh, We could maybe try a little party game, you know, like two truths and a lie. That's a way that people go and uh, get to know each other a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I'll start. I was a naval aviator. Okay. My name is Neil Armstrong. Okay. I'm the first person to walk on the moon. All right. Um, are those just three facts about Neil Armstrong? Yeah, but the lie is that he was the first person to walk on the moon because that was fake. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. All right, do you have another one ready? No. All right. <laughs> let's continue away from this then. I don't even want to comment on this one. <laughs> I just want to move along. All right, fine, if we have to. Yep. All right. Um, so, now what? Uh, now we should probably introduce the guest. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's an old friend of mine. Okay. Uh, he is... How old? Like 60, 70, 80? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an elderly man okay, who I cool. recently made friends with. Nice. Very uh, cool. Yeah, we haven't known each other a lot, uh, but he is very old. Uh, his... Name Jesus is Corey Poindexter. Cool. He's coming to us live from New York. It's Corey <laughs> Poindexter. Like the show. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus and uh, in New York, he is a podcaster of his very own. Ooh. He works as a sound engineer for film and television. And he's Ooh. got a lot of fun stories and is a really cool guy. Uh, and I think the people are going to love him. Hey, Corey, why don't you do us a favor and say hi? Hi, everybody. Jesus Christ. You guys, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, that is the most awkward banter I've ever heard on a podcast. <laughs> what? That is by far just the, it's like, it's it's painful to listen to. It's almost like listening to podcast banter between two people, like 
War of the Roses who are just about to to uh, is this a PG podcast or rated R podcast? <laughs> no, this is rated R, baby. Yeah, okay. we, it's, it's, we talked about Big Mouth, which is yes. Yeah, so I was gonna say because on on our podcast we we tried to keep it PG for like the first three weeks and then we just cut all that bullshit yeah i was like you guys sound like war of the roses like two people who are about to just fucking kill each other but but are forced to be in the same room together doing a podcast and so Mm -hmm. you're just like hey so uh while we're waiting on our guests to show up how how was your day Fuck you! I hope you die, Nico. I just hope you fuck. I yeah, just hope you're you not fucking the die. first person to say that the banter is not good and bad and, and off, alienating and off-putting. It's uh, definitely off-putting. Yeah, that's a word for it. I think. I mean, I'll try to. I'll try to go compliment sandwich. Uh, um, <laughs> you both have very. Uh, g- I feel like good voices for radio, and Ooh, um, thank you. I, I think you both have good radio voices. Uh, you sound like you just fucking can't stand each other. That's the middle <laughs> of the sandwich. Um, and then on the other side, I need another compliment. So I will say it's going to be tough for I you. I haven't met you, Jeff, but n- I know that Nico has a face for radio. Um, so that's a compliment. You're actually the second podcast guest to insinuate the same exact thing. And yeah. now I'm starting to believe it. No, no. I mean, I, you know, we'll see how this episode goes. I'll give like a final verdict on how I thought this all went. Oh, at the that would be good. We should we should get Big performance reviews at the end of our. Oh yeah, Ooh, I like it. Like theater yeah. notes, you know what I mean? Like you know, just uh, get some get some comments and criticisms, and uh, you know, see uh, s- do with it what you will. Yeah, I will say I preferred the bread of that sandwich to the meat of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely preferred. <laughs> well, also the second piece of bread was. <laughs> it's fine. Piece of bread was it was a compliment. Piece of bread. It's the one up against the lettuce. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh <laughs> It was it was a half lettuce wrap, half sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one thing that we kind of do is like, mm-hmm. we always I always ask the guests if they got some history with cartoons, and I normally tell them to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So be um, honest. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like most Americans are going to say that they had some sort of a history with cartoons, um, especially you know growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, growing up, watched a lot of the, you know, 90s kid cartoons, uh, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. Um, and uh, I, I got into uh, anime late in, in grade school. Uh, was a bit of a weeb in college, or not in college, in high school. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. a, bit of, a bit of a weeb in, in, in high school. Um, and then, uh, you know, I sort of, uh, when it came time for, for college, it just sort of became your sort of typical college kid especially 90s kids who then went to college in the you know mid 2000s you know south park and and whatnot um mm-hmm. futurama shows like that all the classics uh, yeah but uh yeah so i mean i guess i guess i have your typical history with cartoons with just maybe a dash more anime in the middle hey i was i was the same way in high school my uh my first like serious, well, not my first serious girlfriend, but was a body pillow, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a my- waifu pillow. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wouldn't say it was serious. Yeah, <laughs> I remember meeting Nico in college, and he was just like, "And this is Mrs. Alfonso," and I was like, "This is a waifu pillow, and it's covered in cum stains. What are you doing?" And then he's like, "No, she juggles my balls. <laughs> she juggles my balls. <laughs> His balls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah." <laughs> oh, dude! At, but his waifu pillow, oddly enough, did the mills really well. So, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. She had some skills, man. Yep. That's <laughs> impressive. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that's my history with uh, with cartoons. Nice. Yeah. Hey, Corey, what, what's New York City like today? Is it is it busy? Is Has the city finally decided to sleep? No. It, uh, <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> off. Uh, no, it's, uh, you know, I, I love it. I love living here in New York. Uh, and uh, it's it's busy every day. There's always something going on. Uh, but you know, it's, it is what it is. Just, uh, you know, I'm not going to do the, the like, Hey, you know, forget about it. Hey, you know, this city, fuck. Hey, I don't know. You know, the fucking Yankees beat the Indians. Everyone's like, Hey, I'm like, I, no, I, what's I, your, what's your favorite type of bagel to put on your pizza? The, my favorite type of bagel to put on my pizza is no bagel. Oh. Uh, if I was going to put pizza toppings on a bagel, it'd be an onion bagel. But if I'm just eating a bagel, it's an everything bagel. Okay. Uh, we are Not renowned toasted. for our bagels and pizza. Uh, well, toasted toasted is if, if I'm going to put butter or peanut butter or jelly on it, it's toasted. Um, if I'm eating a bagel sandwich, I honestly, I'm a weirdo. I prefer it untoasted because I like it to be a little softer. Uh, mm. If I'm getting locks on it, I like it warmed up but not toasted. Okay. I can see that. Yeah, this all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a cream cheese guy? That's not your thing? It, uh, it just depends. Like, if I'm on set, a lot of time bagels and cream cheese is, like, a staple of what they'll have. Because uh, mm-hmm. meat, you know, they don't want to leave meat out on a table. Um, and then, you know, butter and stuff will just kind of get funky. So a lot of times they'll just put a big tub of cream cheese out and then maybe some jelly. Uh, bagels, that's usually, like, what breakfast is like on set. Oh, nice. Speaking of sets, you have one of the most interesting like amount of things happen to you on set out of anyone I have ever talked to. Does anything stand out to you in recent history as like, um, I cannot believe this happened while I was working on this? I mean, things happen all the time. Uh, so like, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm a sound guy. Uh, I do, I'm, I do location sound for TV and film commercials, etc. And then mm-hmm. I also do post sound, uh, editing and and sound design um and i kind of have a reputation on sets as uh this as the story guy Mm -hmm. uh the guy with all the crazy stories because especially when i first moved to new york um and i hadn't really developed a thick enough skin to stand up to when situations were weird and uncomfortable um most of my stories are just like absolutely like just uh way too out there and also would take up way too much time uh but oh, no, I this can, is a bullshit podcast i can, can tell qu- some crazy stories uh i can quickly tell one of my favorite stories to tell which is the time i got locked in a closet by millionaires on park avenue and then got blackmailed um <laughs> <laughs> all right this sounds good um so when i had first started sound mixing um you know when i moved to new york i uh was staying with a buddy and i was working uh in a kitchen full-time just to pay my bills uh i was a line cook and then for a bit a sous chef at a restaurant and i was sort of doing uh audio work on the side um you know even though that's what i moved to new york for was to go full-time as a sound uh sound mixer uh you know i didn't have the contacts here and so i would intern at a sound rental house called pro sound uh in the middle of manhattan uh they're now relocated to the east side um, but I was an intern there and sometimes they would send me out on jobs where, um, you know, they would, ha- they would rent the gear 
Uh, and then they would just hire out one of the interns to go and mix. You know, these are lower rate jobs that, you know, the the full time professional sound mixers wouldn't do. Right. Um, so usually the rates were a little bit lower. Yeah, um, but you're starting out. Crazy you know, you hours. Get your foot in. Exactly. And I just appreciated the fact that, you know, they would send me out and help me, you know, make make connections and get jobs. And so they sent me to this private Christmas party um, that was being hosted on Park Avenue in an area called Millionaire's Row, um, which is uh, it, it's just all of the apartments there are, are millions or tens of millions of dollars. Uh, everyone who lives on this strip is very rich, very wealthy. Um, and it was a Christmas Sounds party. Like my kind of place. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, it's yeah. a very, very, very wealthy area. Uh, so the, the gist of it was is that they were going to have uh, a party and they were going to have a small like string quartet plugging into a sound mixing board. And then I would also be, be playing backing tracks off of a computer, which turned out to be an iPod. Um, for them to play along to. <laughs> um, so I show up, um, and I have, I have the gear with me on a push cart. Uh, and you know, you, you're, you're making as much money as there, there's a, there's, you know, a, a rate for you for the job, but then, you know, for extra things, like, you know, if you wanted to take a cab up there, you know, that's kind of coming out of, out of your, your own pocket if you do that. So I pushed this push cart, um, from like 8th and 43rd to Park Avenue and then up <laughs> to the house with, uh, you know, big Mackie Thumper speakers, mixing board, all that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. So I get there and I get to the door and I'm like, hey, excuse me, I'm, I'm here for uh, to go up for the Christmas party thing. And they're like, oh, this elevator is for people. And I said, excuse me. And they were like, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. We meant for 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 residents and their guests the 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 like the help and everything they use the side and i'm like oh cool so i go to the side of the building expecting like a freight elevator and this is straight up fucking it's a trash elevator it's like an elevator that is built into the building to haul trash in and out um oh, no. so I, i'm and keep in mind i'm in very i'm in like suit and tie not tuxedo but very nice suit and tie and i get into this trash elevator it stinks they take me up to the floor i get in there um and this this condo is probably worth maybe thirty five million dollars, and Jesus. the woman who owns the condo is maybe worth three four hundred million dollars. That's her net worth. Nice. Um, Was so it Oprah? I, no, I I, I I don't name names, but. Uh, <laughs> It was so, Oprah. <laughs> no, it was. I, I assure you, if, if anyone, it was not. It was not <laughs> Oprah. Um, and so I meet the party planner, who himself is a millionaire, but not quite her level of millionaire. Uh, and she's not there yet. So I set up. I set up the speakers and stuff. And they're like, "Oh, we don't like it here. Let's move it here." I set up and I tear down a few times. Uh, and then the 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 woman who owns the condo, uh, who they refer to as Madam. Oh, um, nice. She shows Madam up. Oprah. She shows up, and she's got kind of this like turkey, like the thing that turkeys have on their neck, like that kind of waddle thing. Oh, uh, nice. She's got one of those, and so she walks in and is like, "It's terrible, you know. It's it's an eyesore. It's disgusting. It's hideous. It's gonna ruin my party and be a distraction to my guests." So, I you know I tell the party planner, I'm like, "Look, you guys paid for for wired gear, you know, from mm -hmm. a professional sound company. If you guys want me." 
We can talk to the company and try to get wireless gear sent out here right now, but we have to move quickly if she thinks that it's that disgusting. You know, she doesn't want to ruin her party. And he's uh, he's like, uh, listen, he pulls me aside. He goes, don't, don't make a scene and don't say anything because she'll know that I told you and she'll be upset. But she's not talking about the gear. She thinks that you're ugly. And she thinks that you personally will be a distraction to her party. Oh, my God. Um, So I've I've only been in New York City for a couple months at this point. And uh, I'm just thinking to myself, well, I need this job. Uh, Pro Sound's reputation is also partially on the line here. So I'm not just going to bail. I'm not just going to up and quit and leave. Um, And so I decide to... uh, I decided to stick it out and like, okay, so what do we do? And the party planner's like, okay, well, we want you to wait in a room. So we want you to go ahead and set up all the gear and get your levels and everything. And then we're going to take you to this room and you're just going to wait. And then once the party is underway and there's already a bunch of people here where no one will really notice you, we will walk you out from this room and then we'll have you set up your mixing board here under this staircase so that no one will see you when you're mixing. And uh, so, you know, I'm Harry fucking Potter for that night. Um, (laughs) This is awesome. So I'm like, sure. (laughs) I'm like, sure, let's go to this room. So I up and go to this room. uh, And then when I walk in, it's dark and I can't see. And they had given me a stepladder to sit on and (laughs) and a mini bottle of Avion to drink. And I walk in and I hear the door shut and lock behind me. And oh, I, no. oh my god! And I turn the lights on, and it's a fucking electrical closet. So there's like a boiler in here, and like, uh, you know, a gas tank, and like circuits and breakers, and then it's also where they kept like spare light bulbs and toilet paper. <laughs> and I'm locked in here. So for the first half hour, forty five minutes or so, it was maybe the funniest thing ever. I was texting people like, "Hey." I'm I'm locked in a closet right now on Park Avenue, uh, and some people were very concerned, and some people were like, "Ah, that's lol, that's funny." Um, the next 45 minutes were not quite as funny, mm. um, and about the two-hour mark, I was getting very pissed. Uh, yeah, that, I, that's I, understandable. I hear the party going on outside, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" I'm calling the owner of Pro Sound, and he's like, "Well." just break out of there and i'm like well you contracted me to be here till 8 p.m so i'm gonna stay till 8 and then i'll bust the door down and he was like well that's very big of you to do and we appreciate you sticking out you know what you were contracted to do uh but this is fucked Mm -hmm. and uh some people told me to take a shit in the closet (laughs) but uh the problem is is that you know this this woman had like you know seven eight butlers and a bunch of maids it wasn't going to punish her it was going to punish the people working for her right yeah, she's never been in that closet in her life. Probably not. Um, right. And so anyway, so I sit in there, and, and eventually I hear the door open, and it's party planner guy. And he comes in and goes, you're not going to believe this. This is so funny. Uh, you had already set all your levels and everything, so we actually just forgot to come get you out of here and just, you know, the band's already performed, and they're done. Oh, my God. And I'm like, at this point, it's like 7.45. I'm like, okay, well, that's ha-ha hilarious, but I'm going to get my shit and leave now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you talking about? The party's not over till midnight. And I'm like, well, I'm only contracted to be here till 8. It's 7.45. I'm, I'm leaving. Uh-huh. He's like, you have to stay and help tear down all the equipment and take it back. And I'm like, well, Pro Sound's already closed for the weekend. Uh, this was on a Friday night, so Pro Sound was already closed for the weekend. They wouldn't open till Monday. I was like, so there's nowhere for me to take the gear to. Um... 
And also, I wasn't contracted to do a gear return tonight, only to deliver the gear and set it up. And the mm-hmm. gear pickup would have to happen later. And then I'm like, and also, I'm, I'm, I'm only paid till 8, so I, I'm going to leave. And he, mm-hmm. he comes into the closet with me and he goes, listen here, if you leave and any of this gear happens to break, I'll make sure it comes out of your meager little paycheck and that you don't work in this town again. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh-huh. So uh, that was scary. And he lo- he leaves again, but he doesn't lock the door this time. So if you go onto my Instagram, at CB Poindexter, somewhere way, way, way down the list uh, from, I think this was maybe 2012, maybe 2013, um uh that this all happened um there's a post where you see me instagram from inside the closet once he left the second time the door was unlocked uh and i peek out of the closet and show the party and i'm like hey like this isn't a joke i'm actually stuck up in this closet and on park avenue and they're blackmailing me and i don't know what to do um (laughs) So I thought about it for a minute. I took my tie off. I unbuttoned my shirt a little bit because, I mean, fuck it. If I'm ugly already, I might as well be comfortable and ugly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I then proceed to uh, gather all my shit, my shit, not the equipment and stuff, and start to walk towards the door. And when I get about halfway through the party, uh, the party planner sees me. Madam sees me and alerts the party planner is what happens. And so she's like, And uh, he comes over and he grabs my arm and he goes, hey, what are you doing? I thought we had an arrangement. And so I say, excuse me, sir. First off, please don't touch me. Uh, I feel like a little intimidated in this situation and I don't want you to physically touch me. Second off, I told you I'm contracted to be here till eight. Um, It's eight. So I'm leaving. If you'd like to pay me in cash, I can stay for a few more hours and help tear down at the end of the party. Um, but if you don't pay me in cash, I'm going to leave. Um, and so he's like, well, give me just a moment to talk it over. So he's talking it over with somebody else. And then he just starts mingling and he just fucking leaves me there. So I'm in the middle of this fancy ass soiree, you know, my shirt now half unbuttoned. And I'm just standing there. I was like, okay, fuck this. I waited like five, 10 minutes. So I started leaving again. He came over and grabbed my arm again. And was like, Hey, and I was like, excuse me, sir. I told you don't touch me. And he goes, well, listen, you can't leave yet because we need this stuff to- torn down and we're not going to be responsible for it. And I was like, well, you guys signed the rental agreement, not me. So you are responsible for it. And I told you, if you pay me in cash, I will stay. No checks, no credit cards, no IOUs. Pay me cash. I'll stay. But otherwise, I'm leaving. And I'm going to give you two minutes to make up your mind. <clears throat> so he goes and talks to Madam, and I counted. And when I hit 120, I bounced. And then he comes over, he grabs my arm, and at this point, uh, I don't know what came over me, because I, I was a very, I was a, I've never been a shy person, but when I first moved to New York, I was very easily intimidated. So I don't know what kind of snapped, but I turned around and I just shouted, get your hands off me! And so, um, <laughs> it's like, it's like record scratch, now everyone at the party's like looking mm-hmm. at this interaction, and I, and I just shout. You locked me in a closet like a goddamn vacuum cleaner. You can't treat people like this. I'm a human fucking being. <laughs> and then I proceed nice. to sh- I proceed Good to shout you. at him. I told you I was contracted till 8 p.m. to stay here, and I told you at eight I was leaving, and that you could pay me cash to stay till midnight. And you tried to blackmail me. I'm not responsible for any of this gear. You signed the lease. You're responsible if you damage it. Now I'm gonna f- leave unless you pay me right now. in cash. Um, 
And so uh, he. Oh, he it was did. a rich people party. You could have gone way more than that, man. <laughs> I, dude, again, not not thinking about mm. any of that. You know what I mean? Like, because I, yeah, yeah. I was I was contracted to be there for this party for I think it was like two fifty was the rate that I was given to be there for however many hours it was because I showed up in the afternoon to set up, mm. um, and so you know it was basically like a PA's rate to to be at this party. Um, and so I wasn't thinking about numbers. And honestly, I, I ranted for a good probably like three to four minutes at this guy. <laughs> um, I don't remember everything that I said, but I, I, you know, went on about you can't treat people this way. You can't treat the staff like this. It's mm. despicable that you locked me in the closet and tried to blackmail me. Um, and then I just waited and then he didn't say anything. And I was like, OK. And then I turned and started to leave and everyone's still staring. And I just sort of I go, oh, I almost forgot. And I turn around, I walk back up to him, and I pull up my business card. And I was like, this is my business card with my personal cell phone number on it. If you guys have any problems with your audio gear for the rest of the night, I want you to take this card and go fuck yourself with it. And then I just <laughs> stuck it to his chest, like pushed it up on him. And I turned around like every Power Ranger in an episode of the Power Rangers where the monster blows up in the background. Yeah. And I, in my own mind, like slow motion walk towards the door, like while everything behind me was just fucking on fire. Um, but when I got to the door, uh, to the apartment, I realized that those were some of the richest people, you know, in the world and that they have fuck you, bury that kid money. And I start to run down all 14 stories of stairs. <laughs> and, so I, and so by the time I get outside, it's now pouring down rain. Cause of course it is. And I run to the bus stop half expecting to see like red laser sniper dots on me. Um, <laughs> I get to the bus stop and I light up a cigarette and the guy at the bus stop starts going, uh, 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 and I'm like, excuse me, sir, do we have a problem? And he goes, you're not supposed to smoke at the bus stop. And I'm like, how was your day, sir? And he says, fine, my grandson took me to B&H and I bought a camera. I was like, that's awesome. Millionaires just locked me in a closet on a Park Avenue and threatened to blackmail me when I broke out. And then he just sat there for a moment and then he went, well, I suppose you can have your cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, jeez. Yeah, the the follow-up to that story was that they did send me, because... They all made jokes like, oh, hey, R. Kelly over here trapped in the closet. Aha. Uh -huh. Oh, Corey, we're so glad you came out of the closet. Um, mm -hmm. But the people at ProSound, none of the other interns would go pick up the gear because they were too scared. So they asked me to go pick it back up. <laughs> and uh, I said, only if none of those people are there. And they were like, no, it's only going to be like the, the like the staff help that's there. And I was like, OK, then I guess I'll, I'll go. And when I got to the door of the apartment and they opened it, the guy who answered was like, it was like, we just wanted to tell you how grateful we are that you told Madam what a bitch she is in front of her friends and how awful her and her friends are because we've wanted to tell her for so long. But, like, we need these jobs and we send our money to our families. So we just wanted to tell you, you know, thank you for, right. uh, That's awesome. for, for standing up. Oh, so I really yeah, hope that one day... Up for yourself, I, fuck, man. I, fuck I, rich people. I really hope one day that somewhere... In like, and most of most of the staff were from were from uh, either Mexico, Latin America, or South America, and I really hope that someday, up in like a deserty mountain, there's like a bunch of people sitting around a campfire, and someone goes, "Now let me tell you the story of the fat man and the madam." 
<laughs> oh, what a glorious legend it was. And he said, you fucking bitch. I never said you fucking bitch. He said, you fucking bitch and your bitchy fucking friends. Go fuck yourselves. That's what I hope happens one day. Kids are just like, what happened next, Poppy? Yeah. Well, then the fat oh, man, man took out a business card. Uh, if I ever am unlucky enough to have kids, I'll pass that story down. Yeah. He, he unsheathed his business card like a Colt Magnum. <laughs> and he stuck the barrel of that business card in that cocksucker's face. And he said, you go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That, that was an amazing story. Thank you. That's yes. my reputation here is is the sound mixer who has all the shitty fun. They're all they're shitty stories if you look at them from the perspective of when they happened to me. In retrospect, they're they are all funny. But that's yeah. the that's one of the only ones that I want to say on air because uh that you know, I know too many people for a lot of the other ones that there's the chance that someone would hear it and be like, I didn't know I was in one of Corey's shitty production stories. I'd be like, <laughs> well, you know, so, um, you know, so Oprah sorry. does listen to this podcast. Yeah, so and she's not going to like the way you <laughs> she's yeah. going to be so pissed. <laughs> she's, <laughs> First of all, saying that Oprah has a waddle, not cool, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was real Jesus, mean. Jesus I guess Christ. she did. Uh, I guess she did call you ugly, though. So, yeah, that was not cool. <laughs> yeah, that's real <laughs> fucked up. Um. Oh, man. All right, so I don't know how to follow that up. I yeah, mean, yeah. Go into uh, a commercial break. Go into a commercial break. Sounds and, good. Uh, so let's do that. Yeah. All and right. You know what, Jeff? I just want to take a, a minute to say our advertisers are rich people. So fuck them. So fuck them. Fuck yeah. our advertisers because yeah, they're don't so need rich. Their money. They don't even pay us. We just signed that dumb contract. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So fuck them. All right. So let's go to an ad. Uh, man, shit has been rough, my brother. Yeah, tell me about it. What, uh, what kind of problems you got going on in your life? My wife. She's not my wife anymore. Oh, no. My dad. It's not my dad anymore. Oh, what happened? What? What happened? Quit. Did he disown you? Oh, he quit. He just gave up on it. Oh, man. That's I guess that's up. disowning in a way, but he just said, I'm tired of this shit. Tired of you. Let's get the fuck out of here. Man, well, you know what? Sounds like you got some memories. Yeah, man, it's real fun. To forget. I'm trying to forget it all, man. Yeah. You know what? Some people, when they're trying to forget stuff, they turn to booze and hard drugs and alcohol. I don't recommend that. I don't advocate that. No? No, no. I got Just, something. What about soft drugs? Is that what you're talking about? Like weed? No, I'm not even talking about weed. What? I'm talking even softer. What? Vape. Let me tell you something. You want me to vape? Yeah, I want you to be a vape guy, but not just any uh, vape guy. Yeah. I want you to use not forget me not vape. Wow, man. Yeah. What's it do? Not forget me not vape makes you forget the shitty things that have happened in your life. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, for example, me, I used to have a memory. About this girl who broke my heart. Yeah. Both figuratively and literally. And now I only remember that because I tattooed it on my arm for the purposes of telling this ad. Oh, man. Yeah. Because you've been using that vape. Because I've been using that vape. That's man. sick as fuck, man. I wish I could forget my 
shitty kids that haven't disowned me yet, but I'm hoping they do. Oh, man, all you got to do is take a hit of this. I can't even remember my name. Oh, you know what? Me neither, because I've never really paid attention to you or cared about you because mm-hmm. I'm a narcissist. And that might be why the people who are in my life leave me so often. Mm-hmm. So maybe there are problems that are related to that. But mm-hmm. I'm going to try that vape, man. Now, there is a small warning. You will also lose happy memories, too. That's okay. I don't have many of those. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What's the happiest memory you got? Mm, probably this. Oh. Mm. That's sad. This right here? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow, man. So how, where do I get one of these things? I don't remember. Oh, man. I'll figure it out. <laughs> All cool. right. Not forget me, not vapes. Cool. Vape it today. And we're back. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> back. That was smooth and sensual. Yeah, yep. dude. What was that? What was that sponsor? Forget me. Forget me not. Remember me not. Vapes. Vape me not. not. Forget me not. Vapes. Yeah, not forget me not. Vapes. Some, yeah. Something yeah. about forgetting everything. Mm. Whatever you vape. Yeah, I don't remember because I hit that vape, man. Yeah. You know. You know. And he's also dead. They have some Stone. really good. They have some really good flavors in that vape. Um, like uh, uh. Well, anyway, they have good flavors. I forget yeah, those. No, that's what they're called. Uh, 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 anyway. I think, <laughs> try it today. There's, uh, what? Uh, uh-huh. I think this is cherry. What's a cherry? And, uh. <laughs> I, I like their sponsored What's My Age Again vape. Yeah, and then go. they also have, um, tiger blood, but no one can remember what that's a reference to. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. No one can remember. What was that a reference to? I can't remember, man. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so this week, you know what we talked? You know what we watched? I do. Yeah, do I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, we watched Big Mouth, which is great. Yeah, good show. Good show. Enjoying it. Yeah, it was a, a recommendation of Mr. Poindexter here, uh, and and Corey, what? It, Big Mouth is a relatively new show. It's a yes. new Netflix original. That what, is correct. What is it about Big Mouth that uh, interests you? So, uh, you know, for, first off, I just want to say, you know, like I had a, I had a long list. I talked to Nico about this before. I had a long list of mm-hmm. of shows that I wanted to talk about and, and different cartoons. Um, and ultimately, I kind of, I kind of wanted to talk about an episode of this show because. Uh, so it's it's on. First off, it's on Netflix, uh, so it's you can you timely can too because it just came out. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very recent. So hey, this is a topical episode. Yeah. Um, you it it stars uh, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, mm-hmm. um, along with Maya Rudolph, uh, Jenny Slate. Uh, the you know the the cast Jason is just Manzoukas, oh yeah, uh, Jordan um, Peele. Um, yeah. And in addition to just the the absolutely phenomenal cat like main cast, you have like cameos by like John Hamm, uh, mm-hmm. Jack McBrayer, Craig Robinson, uh, Carlos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his last name. Uh, Alaz uh, uh He's famous for Reno 911, mm-hmm. and uh, also he was the Taco Bell dog for a long time. Not everyone remembers that. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I love him. He's he's hilarious oh, he's, in almost he's everything so funny. he's in. But I like it's like it's funny because he's so famous, but no one knows that it was him. Uh, yeah, Kristen Wiig. Uh, I mean, there's like so many people who cameo on the show. Um, mm-hmm. But um, it, uh, Zach Woods shows up. 
Yeah, he was in the episode before the one that we are specifically talking about. Mm. It was so good. And uh, um, it's it's just an, an absolutely amazing uh, look at uh, puberty and at like that adolescent time of your life when you know you're confused about everything, your hormones are raging, you think you know everything, but you actually don't know very much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like. So basically, the premise, the loose premise of the show is that Nick Kroll plays a character named Nick, and John Mulaney plays a character named Andrew, and then Jesse, what's her last name? Uh, uh, Jesse Klein plays Jesse Glazer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesse Klein plays Jesse Glazer, and she's one of the other main characters. And then Jenny Slate plays. I forget like all the character names. Uh, Miss, Missy is the is the uh, love yeah, interest Missy. for Andrew. And just like such a good cast, and they're all d- these kids that are just like right, right, right at puberty. Yeah, they're like, navigating through. Well, Nick is prepubescent still, mm-hmm. which is like a big plot point with him because mm-hmm. his dick is so tiny, tiny. <laughs> but yeah, and, Big Mouth. Like the, I instantly was a fan of it. Uh, I, I watched it once you recommended it to me, Corey, and like I, I'm a big fan of Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, and I think yeah. that this is already my favorite thing that the two of them have ever worked on their chemistry is just amazing Um, like it's just phenomenal it 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 is very lewd and very gross and crass but at the same time like there's a lot of like truth and heart yeah yeah definitely and also just like another big point of the plot that kind of uh if you if you aren't expecting it going into the show can be very weird is that uh, uh a lot of these kids have a hormone monster or monstrous that is sort of like this demon of their hormones mm-hmm. that only they can see and hear for the most part, except for some joke, you know, gag stuff. Um, right. And Nick Kroll actually also voices the main hormone monster, and Maya Rudolph voices the monstress that yeah. uh, talks to the to the girls about their puberty. Um, and yeah, it's just such a real look at what it's like to have those hormones raging inside you and like you know having hearing my rudolph as the hormone monstrous being like you don't call her mom anymore now you start calling her shannon and (laughs) you know why did she buy you this thing that you hate you should burn it all down um yeah i i looked at the uh the writers for this show and they have a good mix of genders between male and female writers and from having listened to uh some promotions for the show uh, most of the stories come from real life stories of the writers, which yeah. is why I think it's so it's very crazy and believable. Yeah, and it, like everything about the show, it's it's the animation style is very cool. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the the opening theme song is like is awesome. It's Charles oh, it's Bradley. So uh, mm-hmm. Charles Bradley's changes. Um, it fits mm-hmm. so well. It really, it really does. does. It and looks beautiful throughout the opening credits too. Oh, yeah, just the like, whole animation is just mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous. Like I don't, Netflix has the option to skip credits, but like on most of their original shows, the credits are so good that I never skip them. Right. That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, I we, I think when Kale and I, when my wife Kale and I watched. Um, Big Mouth. I think that we watched the opening credits for every episode just because the song is good, the animation is beautiful. Yeah, um, yeah and it's for also sh- not crazy long or whatever. Like no, uh, no, no, the one that I think I will skip is Orange Is the New Black. Just That's a little I long. Do like that Regina Spector song, but it's so long. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 a beautiful show, and also, you know, before getting into any spoilery areas about this episode in particular, mm-hmm. you know, just the show. 
there's a lot of humor in it that, you know, up front, there's a lot of vulgar humor. So I know that there's some people out there where it's a turnoff for them to to watch a show and it have a lot of dick jokes and, right. and vulgar humor. But but it's also if, dick jokes like that are based around the time where your dick grows hair for the first time. So sure. Like, of and course, they're talking about dicks because your dick is on your mind at that point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a, it's an important note that the, the humor is a lot smarter than it would appear on the surface. Just if you heard one of the dick jokes or one of the, you know, vad jokes or whatever from the show, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, there's a lot more to it. I mean, the callbacks are just amazing. Um, yeah, the callbacks are phenomenal. They also do a lot of like meta humor. Yeah, the meta stuff is so weird and funny in certain episodes. Like yes. the um, the one episode about wet dreams where it ended up all being a dream, and then like yeah. they have a discussion. Like, wait, was that all a dream? No, I think that the I think that the Jay and Jesse stuff was real. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and then he's like, but wait, is this discussion a dream? And then something happened. It's just nuts. Um, yeah. Right, and they and also make fun of a lot of cartoon troops that I love. Yes, uh, they just play with it so so much. It's very very fun. It's not something that I would show a little kid, but I think if I were a kid going through puberty, I would appreciate watching the show. Yeah, yeah, I think it kind of because like it's not really crass or titillating as much as it's like, yeah, this is kind of what it's like, guys. Yeah, it's right. gonna Definitely. get weird. Definitely. Right. The choice of having the hormone monsters at all, I think, is a great choice because it shows like that sort of like inner monologue that everyone has <laughs> when they're that age and just externalizes it. And it's, yeah. it's just it's it's just funny because you know that that time of your life uh, is just such a weird, bizarre flurry of mm. of just growth, both physically and mentally, and fluids and friends and. Mm-hmm you know school and your life and for a lot of people that go through you know have their families break up in that time period yeah um, you know i feel like it's a very common thing for people to hear that like their parents didn't necessarily you know not obviously in a lot of cases or many cases but just in some cases you know you hear people saying like oh my parents didn't break up when i was like five but they broke up when i was like 15 so to be in that time period where like life is changing you're now going to a bigger school that's more important they're telling you that this is your future you're starting to date you're starting to feel romantic feelings and no and one wants to talk to you about sex or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. It's other than sterile or, or very uh, it, or very funny. Prude. Yeah, or or people or your friends might joke around about it, but mm-hmm. you're not but ever having these serious discussions about it. And I liked how this show is such a like a refreshing, you know, uh, albeit you know funny, but it's very in funny. some ways. Like there's a- shit ton of funny parts of the show oh yeah it's very it's a very funny show i don't want this to seem like it's a serious show but just how honest it can be about what it's like to go through that time period and without sugarcoating it to the point where it's like you know they 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 force the characters to have these conversations and confront mm-hmm. feelings now that being said i know i've made it sound like this is a very serious show it's funny as shit and it's it's, it's also absurd oh yeah, yeah it's, it's so it's, weird like, there's a uh uh in this episode, for example, John Hamm plays some talking scallops. Yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. A plate of scallops. Um, I don't. I, it's not like Tim and Eric levels of weird. It's coherent, but yeah. it definitely has some very absurd humor uh, in the show. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of the reason why you know I ultimately was like, this is something I wanted to talk about. 
on the podcast was because this is a uh, you know there's plenty of funny cartoons I could talk about or badass anime that I could talk about that I've experienced in my life but this one's recent and you know even as an adult it kind of hit me in the feels and yeah definitely you know it also I think is a, is a is a important note to to show that like cartoons are an art form in and of themselves and they can have emotional like uh weight to them um and this episode i'm not gonna lie it made me get misty it made my wife kayla cry uh she was bawling at at parts of this episode um Mm -hmm. you know i think Uh, that which we haven't mentioned yet uh is episode nine episode Episode nine nine. i survived i don't know if you'll listen to this because it seems like it's probably gonna get a season two it's been yeah it's been pretty popular so it'll probably get picked up and netflix hands out uh Second seasons, like they're yeah. candy. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, I mean, the episode... can get a second season. This show can get a second <laughs> yeah, of <course>. season. <laughs> the uh, the episode is called "I Survived Jesse's Bat Mitzvah." Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys with cartoons do spoilers or like spoiler warnings. Basically, what we'll say is, this show is good if yes. you're worried about spoilers because there is a through plot. Go just pause this and watch it. It's yeah, really, yeah, just really watch good. the like. We assume that people have watched the show, right? We don't really, yeah, we're, right. we, we're gonna have like an open com- conversation about it. So, if you are worried about spoilers, now's the time to pause. And, like, honestly, the other thing, real quick, is that you know, there it's a 10 episode season, the episodes mm-hmm. are about. give or take 23 to 25 minutes Mm -hmm. so i mean if you really break it down you could binge watch this this entire show in about four hours or less um so you know which is what i did yeah (laughs) it's 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 very easy to sit down and just lose yourself in this show and all of a sudden go oh my god that's the end of the season there's no more here yeah um, no, I, I I wish it were longer than I hope they get a longer run or just multiple. See, days. I um I actually still have the final episode to watch. So oh dear, yeah. Well, if that's the case, uh, I will not talk about anything further than the episode we're into yeah, yeah, so, today. Because like um I was watching it before and I just got busy with stuff and then right. uh we were doing the podcast and I was like I could just watch the episode nine, but I like actually really like the show so I'm sure. just gonna watch. The rest of them up until episode nine. So. It's it's a good mm. thing you did too because especially this is getting into the spoilery areas. So like Nika said, like if you're listening and you want to watch this show, uh, and you and you are concerned about spoiler kind of stuff, then stop, go back, watch the episodes, come back to this. Um, but especially like if you had skipped from like episode one or two to episode nine, you missed the episode where Nick and Andrew go to New York and mm-hmm. see the woman kissing Shannon. Uh, yeah, Jesse's yeah, exactly. mom. Like that was a that you, was a through plot through the episode. Right. Also, you had, uh, uh, you, the relationship between Andrew and um, Missy. 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 Yeah. Just, you, you um, also, and also Jesse and Jay. Right. Yeah, right, I, right, I right. do like Jesse and Jay. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it just kind of, it makes more sense than it should. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, also, like, you only see um, Jesse's dad a couple times before this. Right. Which, it's, yeah. Seth for, Morris, he's great. He looks just like himself, too. For me, I feel so bad for Jesse's mom because I'm more sympathetic to her than to Jesse's father. It's, I yeah. Think. yeah, it's very weird. I think Jesse's weird. father... Uh, kind of deserves what he's got uh based on the fact like based on just the memories that she was having throughout this episode i was right. like oh 
he's not really pulling his weight in this relationship. No. And I can understand why the mom uh, distanced her. I mean, I'm sure she did pro- like her own sure. bad things too. But it seems like uh, Jesse's having that like father-daughter relationship that is really right. common with girls around that age uh, and right. pushing herself away from her mother, whereas m- me as a somewhat objective third-party viewer, I'm like, oh, right. no, your mom is like trying to like, be a good parent. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting because I find that uh, especially with, I mean, with, with a lot of different media and 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 uh, TV films, et cetera, but especially with children's entertainment, going back and rewatching it as an adult, you have this entirely new perspective on what you watched earlier in your life where you you sympathize with characters before that you didn't understand as a child and you didn't understand their motivations. Oh, and yeah, definitely. I think that this is a very poignant thing because they know that it's mostly adults watching this. So it's like you can almost see how as a teenager you would have sided with Jesse and been like, yeah, her dad's cool and her dad's mm-hmm. funny and her dad gets her and... Her mom's just being a selfish bitch and breaking up her family for what? But then right. uh, you watch it as an adult and you're like, well, I mean, clearly he is less responsible. She has other aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Oh, oh. Uh, we are going to need to cut this, Woody, because that was my phone ringing. Can you guys still hear me? Dropped. All right. You, uh, Can you hear me? Yeah. You I are think back. back. Yeah. My phone, my phone started ringing for an actual phone call. Uh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> if you want, you can cut. You can just cut this little snippet out. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I already made the note to our editor. Let's uh, do this, um, just in you, case. Three, two, one. So you know, you start to see these motivations that you never noticed before, and you start to really empathize with these characters that you know before you may have, as a child, not really understood. Like you know, she wants to be happy, and as an and as a person. Jesse's mom deserves happiness too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And she's obviously not getting it from her from her husband and like right. sometimes when you're in that situation the only the only idea that you have is going behind someone's back and doing it that way. Right. And I love how they she didn't like doesn't want to break up her marriage but Yeah, also especially for needs. her kid. Right. And I love how I just it just they didn't make it a big deal. And that it was a woman that she was cheating on her husband with. I mean, her daughter obviously had questions and was like, so what, you're like a lesbian now? And her mm-hmm. mother's like, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. But right. And that felt so real. Yeah, exactly. So re- like, I, I have a friend who uh, went through a very similar life experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need to ask her what she thinks about this. Because it, it, it um, yeah, it just felt so mm-hmm. grounded. For a show that's so vulgar and in your face, it's shockingly authentic, and um, it it has just downright emotional pools that are, don't feel like cheap shots. They feel like well fleshed out. I mean, the whole running joke about Jay uh, Jay's dad being a piece of shit lawyer and his family mm-hmm. being awful is a running joke throughout the series. And then as you get to episode nine. You get to this situation where, um, you know, just I, I actually if I don't know if you guys how you guys normally handle things. I had a, a basically a plot run through that I had written out um, yeah, of mean, the episode. We, we uh, do beat it out sometimes. We also sure. jump around sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think we're kind of just jumping around. Yeah. So talk about what you want to talk about. So, like, yeah. so uh, you know, w- with with, you know, Jay Blazarian his dad guy, mm-hmm. you know, even from the early part of the episode, the, there's just this gut check 
in the opening cold like you right. know cold open joke where he's just like talking about how he's a lawyer and he says that his family isn't as important to him and that he'll push them aside you know his twice uh rehabilitated wife and his like uh so he said something about his sons and then he's like anyone who does magic is a disappointment to his father which right. you know, yeah jay's magic is a, is a big running thing of what makes him happy and then he mm -hmm. ends it by saying marriage is a sham and love dies let's bury the body together and then puts his son into harm's way in the process of finishing his commercial right he tosses a live grenade and says keep rolling yeah and, and so when we get to the part of the story of this episode where you know nick doesn't want to be called nicky he doesn't want to be tucked in mm -hmm. he doesn't want his mom to kiss him on the cheek or whatever anymore, you know, when tucking him in and that he wants her to call him Nick. And she kind of puts it as like how she said, like it was like being broken up with, you know? Yeah. Um, that, Which I like, I like uh, Nick's parents a lot. I think that they're, they're like weird, but yes. also they obviously have their hearts in the right place. Like, oh, exactly. because yeah. I feel like weird parents in TV shows a lot of the time always are kind of like neglectful, neglectful and stuff. But I think that they do a good job of like showing that like, yeah, these are a couple weirdos, but they <laughs> genuinely really care about their children. They mm -hmm. make most of the parent sets have like very, like again, you know, for a show that I don't think is irreverent. I think that it's just, it's vulgar, but it's got its heart in the right places. They make a lot of the parents good people, but with obvious flaws. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously there's some exceptions like Jay's parents are obviously not good parents at all. And they're not good people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but for a lot of the parents, it's, you know, they do a very good job of, of there's no, these like for, there's, there's very few, Oh, these are just shitty parents or these are just entirely good parents. You've got Barbara and Marty, Andrew's parents mm -hmm. who, you know, obviously have a hard time connecting with their son and understanding what he like what he's going through and who he is. And then Marty, he keeps eating scallops and shitting his pants. <laughs> um, and then, you know, with with Nick's parents, they're they're very like hippy dippy, forward thinking, progressive to the point where it's almost like it's weird. Like they're when they're talking to their kids about sex, you know, it's just sort of like almost uncomfortable you're like ah oh, nobody should be saying that and it's not that right. they're wrong it's just that it's like no one is usually that forward and like right. up At front one point they say if we were gonna have a threesome with anyone we'd be happy to have it be you talking to nick <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it, i mean it's just like you know so many weird things and even with jesse's uh, parents with greg and shannon it's like you know greg is is not necessarily a he's not a, an evil or malicious man he's mm -hmm. just he's selfish and it's just one of those things mm -hmm. where when you're a kid seeing like oh you know but he's so cool and he's fun and he says good mm -hmm. jokes you know you could easily be like yeah clearly the mom's a bitch in this situation but then when you mm -hmm. as an adult get to watch this play out and you're just like okay maybe she wasn't as you know like when it does, when she, like they do the flashback sequence and they're, they're, you know, going through Jesse's memories, um, you know, there, there's happiness in the early part. And then it gets to a middle part where he's like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll maybe I'll skip my uh, sublime cover band show thing and just do practice on my own. And then he goes to touch her hand and she kind of pulls away. So you're like, okay, well, maybe she maybe he's trying to be accommodating to her wants mm -hmm. and she's just not as receptive. You know, you could see that as a thing, yeah. you know, and he, and he's entitled to his happiness too, but you see that maybe there's a lack of maturity there. 
Um, yeah, definitely. And but that's just... the thing. It's, comp- it's complex, and it makes us have to... There's not just a one right or wrong answer, and that's something I find is just amazing, especially for a cartoon, just that we can't just sit here and go, well, clearly the dad's right and the mom's wrong, or clearly the no, mom's no, it's right it's way more complicated wrong. than that. Like, And that's what I love about the show, is that like, every single issue in the show is kind of treated as way more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's again about set in a time in these characters' lives where everything is so important. Right. Yeah, definitely. Whenever you're going through those changes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just all so, so raw and weird and heavy and, you know. Yeah, and it's the first time you're experiencing so many things. Yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Like right. building your future and it's the most important thing. Well, and then we done. have Andrew and uh, Missy and they have like the reason that they can't be in a relationship is because like they have all these feelings and they don't know what to do. Right. Like they're just they just can't handle it. Like their parents say, like, you guys are too young young for this. And it is kind of true because they just don't know what to do right. whatsoever. Right. And it is like a lot for them to take in. It's overwhelming because they're both vo- very weird and neurotic and they are kind of perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. But, you know, shit and- happens. And like even with uh, Maury and Connie, the the monster and monstress, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the episodes leading up to this, um, you you have a sort of story arc a little bit about their own interactions through time uh, and whether or not they would end up together, and to just mm-hmm. you know wind up in one sequence. Um, the chair dance and everyone's spinning and dancing around Mm. to have all of these things happening at once where Andrew turns to Missy and says, I love you. And then the monster is not focused on this conversation because he's trying to, Mari's trying to talk to Connie and Connie's like, I don't have time to talk to you right now about this. I'm dealing with Jesse and Jesse is looking at Shannon and, uh, Dinah, uh, who are holding hands and, yeah. and all of this is happening in one giant spinning circle, which is just a crazy awesome visual metaphor for what's happening and how all of these stories are circling together. And at the same time, you have Marty t- like talking about the scallops, and you have <laughs> Nick, and then Nick is dancing with, or not Nick, uh, Nick's mom, Diane, is dancing with Jay, and Jay, Nick, yeah. they're inside of the circle, and Nick is like, hey, why are you dancing with my mom? And Jay's like, you didn't love her, you know, treating, playing mm-hmm. up that almost, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the the uh, the old Greek story, the guy who slept with his mother. Oh, Oedipus. Oedipus. This almost like Oedipal version of, mm-hmm. of this storyline about growing up and not being your mother's baby anymore inside of the spinning circle so all of the stories are happening in this one room yeah it's real i love how they do that because like um whenever you really think about it like a lot of tv shows the way that they set it up it's kind of like a an improv herald (laughs) because like you got these you got all these different beats together and then eventually you get into a part of the show that just brings it all together and you have these intersecting plot lines that just really 
It really is very satisfying to watch. Yeah, and you know what? Life imitates art. Life Jeff. imitates art and improv. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> has been. Somebody's been taking classes at the UCB. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, I love doing uh, that. I love being up my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he was uh, fingering his little butt. Yeah, I was oh, fingering nice. my butt the whole time I said <laughs> nice. that. Um, but honestly, the moment where Nick cuts back in with the dance with his mom mm-hmm. um, and Jay is like, you know, oh, treat her right. And he's like, mm-hmm. dude, you know, fuck out of here. And then Jay is sort of left off to the side like, well, he's got no real family that loves him. And now... You know, Diane has been taken back by Nick. And so then when Nick's dad comes up and is like, I'll I'll be your mom. I'll be your mommy. Like, Mm. that was honestly the moment where it kind of like was just like, oh my God. Like, his, his, like Jay, early in the show, it's so easy to think that he's a dick and that he's just a jerk. Yeah, definitely. And And like, then eventually you meet his brothers who like, Oh, terrible. Who are literally awful, terrifying, sexually abusing him and honestly sexually abusing him. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then you meet his his drunk mom, who's a crazy person. And then you still don't even meet his dad. We never really even meet his dad so much as that we see a commercial because his dad never actually takes place within the storyline itself. It's only that one outlier where we see him in the commercial. And so it's just like. When when Nick's dad was like, "I'll be your mommy," that was the point where my wife Kayla and I just were like, <laughs> "Like, oh god, the feels, dude. He just wants a family." And then right. at the end, when Nick's dad looks into the camera in the ceiling and goes, "Good night, Jay," and he's like, "Good night, Nick's dad." I mean, "Good night, mom." mom. I'm like, "Oh my <laughs> god, bro. I fucking why am I crying over this right now? Like it was so absurd, right. but it was so and then like beautiful. Um, yeah, this this was like the most touching episode of the series, I think. Yeah, I think the way that and then also the way that he connects with Jesse because yeah. Jesse's going through all that stuff with her family and her family's oh, yeah. fucked up and then like he, he because he's like still a young guy, he's very casual about like talking about the super fucked up stuff with his parents right. and his Well, yeah. And that's kind of what brings him and Jesse together is like, she's yeah. like, oh, she's starting to understand him a little bit more. And like, oh, he's not really a bad guy. He's just. Living Jay, a fucked up life. Yeah. Jay, Jay early on in the episode has a line that he says to her um, where he comes in to comfort her and says that he agrees. He says, yeah, moms are so stupid. They're always passing out drunk in the bath instead of signing your field trip permission slips. Mm-hmm. And Jesse says, you know, that is so sad or so pathetic or something. And it's like, uh, it's it's kind of touching how, you know, even though, even though we as adults can look at the situation and go, the mom's not a bad guy. She's just trying to be happy. From the perspective of, of Jesse, I can you can see how Jesse would take it that way. And so to have that kind of bonding moment between Jesse and Jay where it's just like families aren't perfect. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just because they're your family doesn't make them flawless and doesn't mean that they can't or won't hurt you intentionally or other or unintentionally, you know. They mm-hmm. they they can hurt your feelings and, and, and damage you. Um and just to, again, it's just so beautiful to see this story where, you know, on the surface level, you're just like, oh, it's a lot of dick jokes and, mm-hmm. you know, vulgar humor. But then to see all of these storylines 
tying together even the Marty and Barbara one I I thought was kind of for being a story about a guy you know, shitting his pants a guy shitting his pants after eating scallops voiced by John Hamm then yeah it's kind of beautiful that you know although the line sometimes a man has to choose between his wife and guaranteed automatic diarrhea <laughs> uh, doesn't seem on the surface to be a very beautiful statement it's just sort of like uh, it's also it's it, it's showing that not only is there growth in the adolescence but even the adults are growing oh right. you know who we didn't talk about at all what's that uh coach what's his what's his name coach steve yeah. coach steve <laughs> dj <Jeez>. dj pendejo <laughs> yeah dj pendejo um he's such a because i feel like they also do a good Oh, vroom, on, it's vroom. yeah, it's motorcycle vroom, 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 down vroom, here vroom. in Lawrenceville. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Um, I feel like they do a good job with him as a character because, like, he's a weirdo, but he's like a weirdo adult, but they don't make him into a, like, creep. They just, every time that they could, they doubled down more on him just being a absolute weirdo with no social right. skills whatsoever right he's like the epitome of clueless like yeah, yeah. no it's and uh, he, it's it, he's and there are moments where he's like endearing and mm -hmm. the, yeah and, the, and because they never cross that line into uh like creepy or like predatory um right. it allows him to stay like sweet in a way yeah, right. yeah, like the previous, the episode before this was the one that I think that had his puberty monster. Oh uh, yeah, and how he and his puberty monster was very strange and decrepit <laughs> and weird. Yes, but how he was kind of in love with this, uh, this other teacher, the and science stuff. teacher, yeah, the science teacher, and like because she kind of sees that he has issues and is very nice to him, and then eventually, like whatever, she's like, he asks her to marry him, and then. He she's like no, no but we can stay friends and then he's actually like excited like right. oh we could be friends that's so exciting right, that's <laughs> yeah he's like that's better yeah right. and I uh, and again it makes it it makes it very uh, charming and endearing and um, yeah you know it's like there's just so much going on in this specific episode which is why it's the one that I I most wanted to talk about because you know there's a lot of episodes that maybe have funnier jokes or funnier gags. Um, I thought the episode with the fake end credits uh, uh -huh. where I, it was either Steve or the hormone monster came out of the screen through the credits and was just like, hey, like, this isn't the credits. Uh, that yeah, was I, funny. Um, you know, there's so many good gags. But this this episode just had, you know, all of these stories really tying in. And, and again, you can almost feel like the heartbreak for Andrew and Missy because they both they both care about each other deeply too mm -hmm. deeply to really fully understand what they're even feeling and to end the episode with both of them crying over the uh, the ha their half of the photo booth mm -hmm. photos and you know him being like i want to take it back and take back that i said i love you and she mm -hmm. she and she in not in different words is like you can't take that back you know you yeah. you, you expressed that and i now know that and because i now know that uh, you know, she's making an informed decision to be like, I'm not ready for that. And in their own adorable, dorky way, when she's like, when he's like, she's like, you're like sugar to me. Um, and they address her sugar issues in the show. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I don't have to be sugar. I can be raisins. And she's like, 
raisins are chocked full of natural sugar. And it's like in that <laughs> dorky kind of beautiful way. And then to end the episode with, you know, Andrew, uh, Missy crying, then Andrew crying, then the hormone monster being like, I'm so sorry that I didn't warn you about this. And he's like, warn me? You, you knew it would fail? Of course it was going to fail. You're such a You're fucking dork. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, good. Right, and then really even... Funny, but also super real. Like, I've definitely, around that age, cried into a pillow over a girl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean... I didn't because I was too cool for that. But yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I was saying Nico. definitely like I could definitely see Nico doing that because I am also too cool for that. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've definitely seen Nico doing that. So okay, if, that, yeah. if that's the direction we're going on on this podcast, yeah, I can Nico feel. definitely is a. In most ways, he's like a pubescent boy. <laughs> I can, I can, I can feel the tension in the room right now, and Nico's butthole tightening, thinking about. Mm-hmm talking so i'm gonna shift the conversation away uh, also even the end credits of that episode because they have different songs for every end credits um a mason's cover of i want to know what love is is the song for the yeah. end credits of that episode yeah. and i was just like fuck dude like i was already goosebumps so hard and then when the end credit song came on i'm just like fuck right it's like oh it's you know we didn't talk about cover. the other oh. song the uh Life is a fucked up place. Yeah. Oh, Life yeah. Life is a fucked up place. Or fucked up mess. Mess. Life fucked, is up a fucked up mess. mess. Right. Oh, fucked Dude, up mess. Dude, that song is so unreal, especially because, like, when you hear them go, Are we really going to do the electric slide right now? You're like, What? And then uh-huh. when they all line up, I was like, Okay. And then they, they sing this song that's, like, also just so depressing because they're all just openly talking about yeah, their, like, their storyline um, issues. Jesse's dad is just like, You get super fucking high because life sucks. And, like, that's kind of, I think, gives you a little bit more knowledge into who he is. Like, I'm sure besides his wife, he also doesn't have many other things going on. So that's why he became a lazy piece of shit. So Right. But, yeah, they're all speaking, like, their saddest truths. Like, it it rings very truthful. Yeah. And it's... They're they're just, like, love's going to end. Uh, Honestly, the only line in that song that's, like, straight up just a funny joke is when... Uh, Marty talks about sh- you know shitting his pants because of scallops, but right. every other line of the song, it just it hits you like a brick in the teeth because yeah. you're just like you're just like oh fuck man all these characters just want to be loved mm-hmm. because they're and all just what's that people um, what's the character's name uh, who sings like the solo like oh um, I think it's Matthew what I think it's Matthew I'm pretty sure Matthew is the character okay, yeah yeah I think so he's, too he's the he's the very openly gay character from the yes. school um which is another cool thing about this show like they don't make we already mentioned it with the mom but they, right. they don't make people's sexuality into a big deal like there's a whole episode where Andrew thinks he's gay um and like they no one there's not like anything for as crude as this show is people's uh like sexual orientation and things like that are not viewed derogatorily if anything, no yeah they if never make it like derogatory a derogatory in this show it's like uh jewish humor but everyone who created the show basically is jewish so it's like this like in pokey sort of sure uh, uh joke yeah, yeah I, I definitely appreciate how like they're never they never make anyone's sexuality a bad thing there's never a negative right. i mean even the slight negative connotation about uh shannon jesse's mom is not that she might be lesbian is that mm-hmm. she's cheating on her husband and oh there is know, actually one character whose sexuality they do make a bad thing and that's the 
um, guy voiced by Zach Woods in the previous episode because he was a gross monster. Oh well, that yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In terms of in terms of their sexual orientation, they don't. Oh, yeah, sexual his, orientation. But no, yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, him being uh, basically a date rapist, and just mm-hmm. like the the way that they call it out, and yeah. just right. you know, it's forward thinking without having that in your face. Yeah, about it like uh he's a pusher or whatever a head pusher yeah. and then they do the seinfeld thing which is great oh right the seinfeld gag was one of my favorite in the entire show oh, because it so just came cool. out of nowhere and it was just so <laughs> accurate and so funny and when like jay slides in like kramer like hey you're like i don't even remember what he said like something about he's like, cars full of bees well cars first, bees, the first right. one he asks if he can borrow <laughs> the van and then the second one he's like hey your car's full of bees now <laughs> It's the show very much nails like mm-hmm. the like a lot of it's like uh, in humor and sort of referential. Yeah, there's humor. also a there's also a good one to like referencing The Office or Modern Family with the, oh, like yeah. they do it once, which uh-huh. I think is so funny because they do all these like things for other shows just once and they don't, and they like, call out the fact that nobody else is gonna know that they said it and that nobody right. else is gonna be aware of the fact that this even happened and that yeah. that character would never reference it again. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So, just so many meta references, which are so good. Uh, Another gag that I loved from this episode was uh, was when Jay is comforting Jesse. At first, he pulls a rose out of his sleeve for her, but the rose has thorns on it, so he just shreds his arm. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) a lot of great great. stuff. Um, Yeah, and. you know, it's it's a, it was a very emotional episode, mm-hmm. but very Definitely. very very funny. Also, I love the monster energy drink commercial that they just put <laughs> right in the fucking middle. Yeah, right. right. Do you Are you get trying to get sponsored? That's <laughs> <laughs> like unleash the monster in you. Unleash, be the mo- unleash the monster. All right, you know what? We'll, we'll get we'll work on that. And he's just like, yeah, let me <laughs> let me get a clean take. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I do also, Nico, to your point about like some of the Jewish humor, um mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 slightly uncomfortable, but at the same time, you when you know who's writing the show and who's starring in the show. Yeah, exactly. You're like, okay, well, I mean, I guess it's fine for them to make those jokes. I do feel right. like th- there were a handful that I personally just kind of felt like were in super poor taste, but mm-hmm. I mean for the most part, it's sort of just generic stereotype humor right exactly i think i think when they i think that's the weakest part of the show in my opinion uh like some of some of the jokes do feel a little bit like baseless a little bit out there but like honestly i over like that's a, a small the percentage only criticism yeah that I have well the there show. was that one episode where um character uh decapitates um garrison keeler and fucking oh, skull yeah. fucks <laughs> skull fucks oh, his yeah. head that which was, was so funny it was, it was so weird. fucked up and i thought it was hilarious and then uh-huh. the one he brings it back like was that too far like yeah, yeah that made me uncomfortable yeah, netflix, <laughs> netflix made, me. made me do it yeah you <laughs> blame it on netflix that's also <laughs> funny too just being so aware of what where they are and like they even make a joke about binging the show right they're like yeah. you're, let's be honest you're binge watching this right now right you you <laughs> on the elliptical is what i think he says yeah right. you on the elliptical binge watching this show <laughs> um yeah it's great yep i all in all 
we don't rate shows on this, but it's a good show. Yeah, I would recommend it. We haven't even mentioned the ghost of Duke Ellington yet. Oh yeah, like one of Jordan my Peele's character. characters. And yeah, it, he he has a great gag of like life is terrible even after you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and and his lawyer was in this episode. Jew, Jew Fishman. Jew Fishman. Oh, I Jew thought Fishman. it was. Jew yeah. Fishman. <laughs> oh my God! Would you? Do you boys need a yamaka? <laughs> I I was just like fuck dude like the 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 ghost of Duke Ellington also like between his joke about breastfeeding until he was 12 and loving his mom cuz she had big titties in this yeah. episode and then the previous episode the house party is the one where the ghosts like the, it's like prince and like a bunch of other famous ghosts prince uh, whitney Van houston the, or no picasso picasso uh, yeah whitney houston was there too and picasso uh, and they all look at nick's tiny penis um, <laughs> like it looks like a button yeah and oh then my they're God. like wait is this okay and i'm like what are you gonna do put us in ghost court <laughs> and he's like oh what a great idea right. uh like it's uh, honestly that was one of the shocking things about the show was um and you have not seen episode 10 yet so i can't mm-hmm. say i don't i i refuse to say uh is there a big ne- payoff with the ghost of duke ellington there's a there is a massive payoff to nico have you seen episode 10 i have yeah 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 okay there's a massive payoff joke to pretty much this entire show existing Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's awesome! I'm to excited the, to see it. To the opening j- from the opening gag about the, when they flashed Andrew's penis on the screen, mm-hmm. uh, to to the to the fucking whole discussion Jesse has with her vagina in the mirror. Right. Uh, there's there's a payoff at the end of the show that literally made me go, you know what? I really hope they make another season because this show's fantastic. And mm-hmm. if they don't, this joke kind of made this entire thing worth it to me. <laughs> um, that's awesome i'm excited to watch it yeah. but yeah uh, i won't, since we're I won't not talking go any further on that one yeah since right. we're not really uh since i'm not watching it let's uh kind of wrap up the discussion yeah oh, sure yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so in summation for me like if you uh decided to we don't fucking review Star shut up no Nico. i was gonna say if you, you don't have to fucking review shut up fine. people are gonna watch the fucking show don't you don't have to give some D- bullshit yeah. oh it's yeah, a good show you, guys <laughs> yeah, fuck, <laughs> yeah, fuck you nico all right. oh, it's a good show. You guys should watch well, it. What I was going to say is it's what I wish Rick and Morty was. <laughs> oh, okay. More Rick mm. and Morty shit on. Yeah. I'm a, because you mm. shit on Rick and Morty so much, I'm a fan again. I fucking hate Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird, though, because I don't, I don't like really feel like it's a... I, I've never been the type of person where I feel like it's a fair comparison to uh, use any show or movie's success or flaws or failures to really compare to the other shows mm-hmm. um with the with the exceptions of movies that are complete that are uh, very or movies or tv shows that are very obvious ripoffs of the of other properties right. you know like uh you know yeah i feel like it's definitely fair to compare like you know snakes on a train to snakes to on a plane you know because <laughs> right. it's one is clearly an asylum picture that's trying to mock bust it but you know rick and morty is what rick and morty is uh mm-hmm. and i definitely feel like there's a lot of people right now who have opinions on Rick and Morty based on other people's perceptions of it. And also mm-hmm. like the fans and mm-hmm. especially uh, it's, it's hard cause you can't control your fan base. Right. You know, they're out there doing whatever they're going to do. And also this whole McDonald's fiasco is, you know, not Dan Harmon or Justin Roiland's faults. Oh no, um, no, 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 not, not at all. all. 
I I don't but, mind. I mean, I'll I'll shit on Dan Harmon a little bit because sure. come on, man, if you're gonna talk about how much you're obsessed with the idea of being a better person, why aren't you sure. a better fucking person? Sure. But um, I'll I'll say that about him. But also. Like it, no, it's not their fault that their fans are shitheads. No, sure. no, uh, it's all. all we've talked enough about Rick and Morty. I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. But yeah, no. But this show itself is, you know, n- you know, it's 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 definitely worth the watch to anybody who wants to check it out. And I think mm-hmm. that emotionally, for me, what really hit me hard with this is, you know, my parents split up when I was in high school, mm-hmm. um, so the Jesse storyline kind of hits home for me in some ways um you know and and i love both of my parents very much um you know it and i know that they did everything they could regardless of their own situation with their relationship with each other to make sure that i had the foundations to have a good life which i feel like i did and Mm -hmm. to go on to be a successful person and i don't necessarily mean career-wise i mean like successful in being a good person which i feel like they succeeded in you know mm-hmm. um they didn't i didn't turn out to be a fucking serial killer so yet yeah. i feel like i'm on a pretty good track right now uh yeah, hey, and man, I, if you want to this is america you can be whatever you want yeah man go kill <laughs> thank somebody. you uh but <laughs> you know i managed to like be get get into the you know career i wanted and move to the city i wanted and a lot of that has to do with both of my parents but at yeah. the same time you know it's one of those things where when i was a kid and my parents were splitting up i didn't understand it and so it's very easy to uh you know think things about your parents from your limited perspective because your parents also aren't telling you the whole story you know Mm -hmm. you know of course shannon isn't going to go to jesse and be like look i'm cheating on your dad because you know I don't think that your dad is fully respectful of my emotional needs and her and her dad's not going to go and explain to Jesse why he's not fulfilling her emotional needs. Cause that's not her place. She's a child. And right. seeing that storyline unfold really just, you know, as someone whose parents have been split up since they were in high school, it, it was, it was, you know, very emotional. And then also uh, in some ways just, you know, you know, you have, you have puppy love when you're in high school you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, that kind of shit doesn't last. Some people meet the love of their life in high school and get married. That's fine to each their own. I know some couples that are very happy who met in high school. But for a lot of people, when they meet their high school or grade school or what, what have you, sweethearts, and they go through this puppy love phase where they don't really even understand what love truly means on a deeper level. And you have this basically... From an adult perspective, we could say that it's a very shallow heartbreak, that it's a very surface level. Like, yeah, you love them and the concept of them, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you really, truly fall in love later in life, it's, it's you love a person not just in spite of their flaws, but you love the flaws about them. It's part of what love mm-hmm. is and making things work. But, you know, we get but to watch this show it's from... Also- like from the character's point of view, the strongest love they've ever felt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. No, no, yeah. yeah. And it's not to belittle. It's not to belittle what they feel because they're they are people too, and their emotions mm-hmm. matter. I have a niece right now who's fourteen years old who uh, is mm-hmm. dating her first little boyfriend, and even saying it like that He's from six as an adult. Tall. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, her little no, boyfriend. No, no, but even even as like an adult saying it like that, you know, mm-hmm. is kind of demeaning because you know. To them, that, lo- that that feeling that they have is real. I don't want to say love. I'm not going right. to start throwing that out there. But 
you know, that feeling that they have for each other is real. And so even just saying, oh, yeah, she has this little boyfriend, it, it kind of casts it aside as if it doesn't matter. And it matters to her. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it can it can come off as dismissive and arrogant to kids, which is, I think, part of the reason that a lot of teenagers feel like they know everything because they feel like they don't validate that I do know some things. So right. I must know everything. And it's just sort of uh, and it's an interesting look at the show when, you know, there's so many things that I there's things I obviously didn't relate to, like, you know, jacking off next to my friend at a slumber party. But oh, that was the only part I related to. <laughs> well, yeah, of me course, too. Nico. <laughs> but there's de- me and Nico have slumber parties all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nico jerking yeah. off Nico's little dinger. Just like, ooh, yep. yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. High five. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but yeah. you know, just uh, you know, there's so many things that are relatable in the show that you know you kind of look back on your own feelings about how things were when you were younger. And you you can almost use this show as like a jumping off point for perspective to be like, oh, geez, you know, was I too hard on my mom or my dad when they were going through that when I was a kid, you know, and also just like from an adult looking at Missy and Andrew, it's like, yeah, they may like each other, but it's, it's hard to even know what love really means when you're not in the real world and dealing with problems, you know, let alone living together, et cetera. But it's it's part of that human experience and i know this is a little rambly but just you know this show just really for me checked all the boxes of it made me laugh so hard i cried and it made me cry so hard i laughed and fuck that's is beautiful man yeah yeah no, that's a good summation totally no agreed. it's a fucking great show like okay we can say it nico hey guys you should watch the show it's a good show <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I said it. Yeah, yeah, that was my Nico. I mean, that was Nico. Definitely oh, not me. Wait, was that Nico talking? Because I thought that was Nico talking. <laughs> oh, no, I, it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah, what? It's me, Jeff. I'm, I'm real cool. I'm the bad boy of the podcast. Oh, I hey can't there, tell. Guys, you're going to watch a big man. I swear to God, I could not tell for a second if that was Jeff talking or Nico doing a Jeff impression. <laughs> uh, nailed, it. nailed it. I'm a little, um, I'm a little startled right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> Corey, shook. is there anything you want to tell the listeners about? Any projects you're working yeah, you on? Yeah, you want to plug your, your podcast, your social yeah. media, anything Oh, like shit, that? the plug. Yeah. Uh, plug time. You guys, uh, you guys can uh, follow me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at CB Poindexter. Uh, I just sort of post my own personal journey shit on there. Uh, my business is Take 19 Productions. Uh, me and my business partner, Spencer, so you can follow us on uh, on Facebook at at Take Nineteen Productions, and then on uh, Instagram at Take Nineteen P R O D for productions. Okay. Um, and then uh, so I post a lot of cool shit from you know my sound work on the Instagram right, and the Facebook. By the way, despite your story about being trapped in a closet, since yeah. then you've gone on to do some really cool things. Yeah, there's some definitely some cool pictures uh, you know, working with dudes like Michael J. Fox and uh I've worked I don't have any pictures of the uh the working with Will Smith and Jaden Smith. That was definitely a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Uh I do a lot of commercial work, corporate work. But there's some cool stuff on there. Uh the main project that I do is uh I co-host a podcast about wrestling. Um, oh hell yeah! It is it is small package. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at small package pod. That's pod for podcast. 
not mm-hmm. the band. Um, <laughs> that, by the way, is a joke that I don't get to make on my own podcast anymore because it was one of the stipulations. Bob and I do uh, like predictions of how the pay-per-views are going to go. And mm-hmm. like a fucking year ago, we did a, a prediction stipulation of if I lost, I could no longer close out the show by saying, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Small Package P.O.D. That's P.O.D. like the band. Uh, and so i'm forbidden uh, on my upsetting. podcast but you know what bob's fucking rules don't carry over to this po- this podcast no no you can say whatever you want you yeah. are like pod so, so we are at small package pod like the fucking band nice you did <laughs> it and, uh, you did it if you like if you like pro wrestling uh you know it's a fun listen we we briefly recap the like raw smackdown what happened this week, the pay-per-view, and then we sort of discuss storylines and where they're going and then uh, break down wrestling news. And uh, if you guys ever have any interest in coming on and talking wrestling, let me know. Uh, If you're not into pro wrestling, one last thing. If you're not into pro wrestling, uh, you know, our podcast is a fun thing to listen to. I think that it's, you know, we try to be funny and, and have a good time. We talk about some stuff that's not wrestling here and there throughout the podcast. Mm-hmm. But if you're not into wrestling or you just don't get it, I would highly recommend watching Max Landis's video, uh, Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. Uh, he's, he's at up to my knees on Twitter. And I think that's also his YouTube account is up to my knees. Uh, he's John Landis's son. He's the guy who wrote... Uh, <coughs> Excuse me, Chronicle. He wrote Chronicle and also American Ultra, some other stuff. He also writes, uh, oh, fuck, Dirk. Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective. Yeah. Yes. He's about to come back for season two, and I'm not going to watch it for 10 weeks, so I can binge it. Yes. Uh, he writes that, too. He writes a ton of stuff. He's, he's amazing. He got a bunch of people together, uh, celebrities, to do a chalked, packed video um, that explains the storyline of Triple H to some to the audience as if you've never fucking heard of wrestling before um oh that's awesome i'll I'll definitely check that out it is the perfect video after watching it my wife was like i finally understand why you like wrestling now because this was one storyline of hundreds of storylines that was going on you know Mm -hmm. in wrestling um so yeah small package podcast take 19 productions uh that's my shit cb poindexter cb poindexter look them up thank you Thank well, you hey, guys Corey, for having thank me. Thank you so much yeah, for coming thank on the you. podcast. No, uh, dude, thank you guys. This was fun. Oh, of course. I had a, a blast. And uh, just to get our plugs out of the way, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mommy Longarms. Still haven't changed it. Still not gonna. And what I'm at, at Jeffrey Parties, which is a much better Twitter handle than Nico's. <laughs> Also, uh, Face Like Thunder, thank you so much for the beautiful intro and outro yeah. music. Oh, yeah, and... Um, just every week, come on down to Unplanned Comedy Warehouse. Thursday yeah. nights, we got free shows. There's shows Friday, Saturdays, usually. 601 Butler Street. Yeah, just come on down, see some shows. It's a lot of fun. You'll have a good time. In yeah. Pittsburgh? And, uh, check out other podcasts on the Unplanned Comedy pods. Yeah. Uh, and uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all that good stuff. You know, share this with people. Yeah, tell people about it. Yeah. Yep, and uh, oh, we're still waiting on uh, some erotic fanfic. Yeah, uh, we need some of that. So remember to email info at unplannedcomedy.com with Just, your erotic fanfic. Yes. Uh, no subject, paste it directly into the body of the email. Uh, yeah, please. And don't say that we asked for it. Nope. Don't say we asked for it. Just put it in there. <laughs> 
So you want to end this like we do all every week? Yeah, yeah. Let's see how it works over Skype. Yeah. So what yeah. we're gonna do, Corey, is we're all oh going to end the episode with one last word, one at a time. Yeah. And how about how about you go second, Corey? <laughs> okay. All right. So I'll start. Our, I'll start. Clarification, real quick. Am I supposed to be continuing <laughs> this thought or just saying? Oh, just a say word? whatever just you say whatever word yeah. you want to say. Oh, okay. Yep. I, I, I was confused. Okay, so we'll start like, over. Are we so making we can a get sentence it. here. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> if, it, it, if it ends up being a sentence, it works. If it doesn't, sure. it does. It also works. <laughs> so I'll just start over. What's up, Doc? You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collective.